Welcome and thanks for joining me in today's podcast. And our Bible study this week is going to be about love your enemies. That's always a quandary question for people when, when you see that in the Bible. So love your enemies. How do you love your enemies if they're your enemies? It sounds counterproductive, doesn't it? Well, if you read on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about this on Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. Let me read that. It says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and then sends rain on the just and on the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Okay, let me break this down just a little bit further by verse by verse. And in verse 43, he talks about the law that taught the Israelites to love their neighbors. That's shown in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And in those days, there was a, uh, a righteous hostility uh, directly against the enemy of God. You can read that in Psalms 139, verse 21 and 22, which says, let me just grab it for you. It, what it says is, O Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemy. When we read in verse 44, this is the anecdote. It tells us to pray for those who persecute you. That's the answer. You pray for them. Verse 45 says you, you would be true children of God if you do this. In other words, true symbolizes being genuine. In verse 46 Loving those who love you is easy to do, just as the world does. That's the simple message. But to step it up one notch puts you on God's level, in the spiritual realm, with the heart, not the flesh. And in verse 47, being kind only to your friends doesn't separate you from the world. It doesn't distinguish your walk with Christ, but only your walk with the world. So. Christ is saying, let's separate ourselves. So to love others means you're looking into the heart and not the fleshly house. God wants us to be different, distinguishing ourselves differently than the world. Now this one's catchy. Verse 48, he says, to be perfect. Really, this word should be rendered mature. And that is mature in God's eyes. None of us can be perfect as we know it in the world's standard without any defects. But we certainly can be in harmony and in footstep with the walk of Christ. Jesus really summarizes this well when he tells us to be perfect. It means to love those who hate us, show kindness to both friends and foe. Perfection here is that spiritual maturity which enables a Christian to imitate God in dispensing blessings to everybody without partiality. In William McDonald's Bible commentary, he really knits it together well. And he says, quote, The fact that love is commanded shows that it is a matter of the will and not primarily of the emotions. It is not the same as natural affection, 
because it is not natural to love those who hate and harm you. It is a supernatural grace and can be manifested only by those who have divine life." Unquote. This idea of, of loving your neighbors is how we show that we are God's children. If our standards are no higher than the world's, it's certain that we'll never make an impact on the world. So we have to have higher standards. Some great scripture references. Here's Romans 13.10. It says, love is fulfilled, fulfilling the law. In the New Living Translation, it says, love does not wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Keep that in mind. This is God's law. This is what he's commanding us to do. In Galatians 5.13, he says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how we're supposed to be doing it, with service. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Isn't that interesting when you just look at that verse? You want to get to know God? Then love the children of God. And then you'll come to know him. Then he says, because God is love, that is, is present tense. It means right now, never stopping, never ending. God loves forever. That's how he wants us to be. This last verse is really key for me. It's John 15, 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So there he is. He lays down the law. This is not a request. He says, this is a commandment that you love one another. He didn't say love Christians only. He didn't say love the brethren only. He said love one another. That implies everybody, not just some people, but everybody. The reason why this verse hits so hard for me, I can never forget it. I had a vision or a dream or what, I don't know what to call it. But this happened about 25 years ago or better maybe. But one night I, I dreamt that Jesus had walked into my bedroom. I was laying on my side and all of a sudden I was awake about three in the morning. And I saw Jesus walking to my bedroom. He, he looked like he was walking, but his legs were moving like he was walking. But it also looked like he was kind of gliding over the floor or floating across the room while he was walking. Jesus walked to the foot of my bed and came around the corner of the foot of my bed on, on the side and while pointing his hand and finger at me shaking his hand up and down simultaneously saying quote this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you wow this was stark for me but he did it three times that's God's perfect number Jesus said this three times and all of a sudden, I was sitting up straight up in bed, wide awake. I grabbed the Bible off my shelf and quickly opened it up, just arbitrarily opened up the Bible, and it opened up specifically to that verse, and my eyes gravitated specifically to that verse of John 15, 12. I had no idea where it was. I've never knew this verse before, and, and I've read, and I have read the entire Bible. I, I just didn't remember the verse, but there it was, plain as day, exactly what Jesus said in my bedroom, and, and just as he said it to his disciples. 
because that's the conversation he was having with them. In 1 Peter 3, 9, it says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will bless you for it. Now, that's an interesting thing. He says when he says pay them back, it's almost like saying that you owe them a blessing, whether acting, even if they're acting against you. Don't owe any man anything it says in the Bible as well. So, but he offers this solution twice. One is to pray for them, and then the other one is to bless them. And he said, that'll overcome the enemy. That'll help you get past this from hating your enemy to loving your neighbor. Isn't that interesting? Just remember this verse lastly, Matthew 19, verse 26. With God, all things are possible. You see, you can accomplish more in one hour with God than one lifetime without him. The best thing I can say is get on board. God bless you. Have a great day and hope you enjoy the rest of the summer. It's running out of time. Take care.